Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 118. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. We're excited to have with us the talented creative team of Ghost Agents, a spy-fi action-adventure comic. So thank you, guys. We've got Eli, Ben, Rocco, Barry, and Sam. How's it going, guys? What up? Great. Great. Thanks for having us. You're yeah. welcome. So, so Eli, you're the you're 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 the creative director of this. You're the one that's uh, Cosmic Lion Productions. Well, I'm like the publisher, the publisher I, of this. But I'm not really a creative on this project at all, other than marketing and and that type of stuff. Right. And it's then, written by Rocco Jerome and Rocco. drawn by uh, Barry, Ben, and the other folks. And Sam uh, helped us with the cover and with uh, other creative design elements as he is so very, very good at that. Yeah, Sam made the cover. The cover Sam is, made, did the cover and the logo. thing on the yeah. cover that's not Sam. That's true. He didn't help us with it. He did the <laughs> got help spelling my name. Credit is a very big thing with me. I like to it is sure. huge with Rocco, yeah. Be careful what you say. <laughs> as you introduced me as the creative director, his blood boiled to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> Be careful here. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's a good, it's a good team. So, so first, so, so Rocco, you, you wrote this, you wrote this uh, anthology series, and like uh, this is, it, this is the first issue. It's a thirty. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like a thirty-two pager, three separate stories, um, and uh, you've already, you all already hit your goal already. Yeah, which is I, exciting. Very proud of that. With within six days, on the sixth day, uh, we nailed it. It happened to have been my birthday. Yeah. We're at one hundred three percent right now. Yeah, very wow. exciting. Yeah, and my birthday was yesterday, the twenty seventh, and the uh, best birthday I've had in a while, uh, oh, because man. this ghost agents thing has lived in my head for a number of years now. And as a um, a comic book, as the actual thing we're presenting here, uh, it's been about four or five months that it's been in production. So there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I didn't think about ghost agents in some capacity. And uh, didn't really talk to anybody outside of the family here uh, about it. So it's 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 still sort of a trip to hear um, people I don't know, like yourself, uh, say the words "ghost agents" <laughs> out in the world. And it's that's really exciting. It's something that um, I, I, I'm thrilled with. I, I expected that we would hit the goal. I didn't think we'd be able to do it so quickly. Yeah. And that's just all down to the community that we're a part of. Um, it's a result of, of these guys having something that looks very uh, immediately engaging and exciting. Um, and I, I'm just thrilled that it's happening and that it's a real thing. So, so talk to us a little bit, Rocco. So were you, did you know Eli before this or was, did you go to him and say, Hey, I got an idea. How did that whole process work? So uh, Eli, I first met during uh, the making of the Image Grand Design book um, that we we uh, partnered on. Um, I don't know. Greatest if, uh, indie comic jam. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you talked about it or if that was something that came across your desk. But it was maybe like the fifth day of COVID, like the lockdown. The actual like COVID is now affecting our lives. Uh, I happen to be on uh, uh, the Facebook um, Cartoonist Kayfabe Ringside Seats group. Um, and uh, uh, a guy named Craig CK had a Zoom link just open as a thing, like come in and talk. You know, like the old internet. I don't know how old you are, but uh, <laughs> remember like when you get on the internet and just get a chat room and like, oh, you're from Canada? That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> you like LeBron Shirley too? So do I. That's so amazing. Uh, and I, you know, I just hit it off with this guy. And I've, I've, I've always been a writer uh, uh, by vocation as well as temperament. Uh, and Craig is an artist. And he was like, well, we're going to do this image grand design thing. And I need a writer. And, you know, I, my opinion has always been, I've never been one of those guys who is like, I've always loved comics. But I never wanted to like go to an artist and be like, "Hey, I got an idea for a story. You should draw it for me." 
because <laughs> I don't like that when people do that. Whenever anybody does that, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Right. And if you're seeing this and you think I might be talking about you, I probably am. <laughs> because some people are really great at, at writing comics, but all of these guys can make their own comics. So, right. you know, they don't need me for anything necessarily. They just want me around, which to me is highly flattering and is a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. So, but anyway, long story long, uh, the Image Grand Design, I think it ended up being like 30 creators or something like that. Wow. Eli was the publisher on that. Uh, Eli always had the attitude of, uh, no, the book's coming out. Can we curse on this? Uh, PG, yes. So you can. Yeah. He was always like, frick it, the book is going to come out. <laughs> and that was what we needed because there was many times where we were like, why are we making this bootleg illegal comic book? And Eli was like, because we're going to put it out. And we <laughs> were <laughs> so you know it was it was it was we became a, a sort of a fellowship of, of of comic fanatics and it made our covid vacation uh much easier to live through and um that's how i met sam that's how i met eli that's also how i met chris anderson who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight but um through that i um got to become the editor Project manager. I don't really think the, the term project manager gets used very often in comics, but that was kind of what I was doing. And For sure. um, I feel like I earned the trust of the artists and creative people. And uh, to me, that is more valuable than just about anything. So this is a continuation of that. And that's the, the part of this I'm most proud of. And so, so, so Rocco, so you, you reached out to Eli, you got, you decided to write it. How did the two of you find the, I mean, you knew a couple of them ahead of time. How did the two of you find uh, the rest of the artists? How did you find well, so, Sam and so Ben and Barry? Eli was, I mean, it was, what was that? That was me going, ee, ee. <laughs> nice. I was just, oh, so excited. Yeah. So yeah. Eli, it was, it was, there was never any question that Eli would be the guy I would talk to about publishing this. Thing. Hmm. Um, and it was just a, a matter of, um, he's the guy who, uh, is always enthusiastic. I trust him after mm. the image grand design. There was, I've always sort of said that you can't really know where you stand with someone until you've like either grieved with them or had a reason to be at odds, right? And in the making of image grand design, we were occasionally at odds and we talked it out and argued about it and we came to conclusions and you know, we, we did it. So to me, this would be like an easier version of that. So mm. I always knew that he would be the publisher. I went about the business of uh, reaching out to these guys. Uh, they were all my first choices uh, and said, hey, if I were to write a short script for you, would you be willing to draw it? Or in Sam's case, a logo and a cover. And they all said yes. Mm. So we got to work. I mean, it was... And the process is just as simple as I just spend some time thinking about a concept, ask these guys what it is that they would like to draw. I have a magic brownie. I lay down on my couch over there and I type something out. It takes me about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, they have the hard job. You know, the artists are like the, the beautiful swans that, that right. make all this possible. So, so, so talk to us. So, so um, give us kind of a little background on like uh, what people can expect from the, from the anthology. Well, so my idea is I feel like the, the main thing that I combat that we all combat anybody that does any sort of storytelling or, or tries to engage with the public in regards to any kind of a product right. uh, or of any sort um, you you're really combating short attention spans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, how much time is somebody going to spend looking at something? So that was the reason that this is an anthology. The stories are all set in the same world. Uh, some of the characters turn up again and will continue to in the ongoing series. Uh, but this is a comic that you can pick up without knowing anything else about anything. I don't even think you have to be in the comics necessarily to get it. Uh, and the idea is that you'll be able to uh, get a kick out of the stories. Hmm. Uh, so... So talk to us about no, I, my, I, my, did, I've never seen this term before. So I don't know if I'm just living under a rock or did you invent the term spy-fi? Oh, no, I can't take credit for that. That's okay. <laughs> I was actually talking to Eli about this the other day because uh, he, he just he, popularized it. It was used, I mean, but Rocco popularized it. I don't know about that. We'll see about that. I mean, you know, 
it's, we're in the early going here. But SpyFi, I, I, my theory is that it may have first been used like in a TV guide article about like Man from Uncle or something. And <laughs> but I have this thing about if you really want to succeed in like a genre-driven thing, just make your own genre up. And then, like, you're the king of that genre. Yeah, you know? Like, right. this is the greatest spy fi comic there is because it's the only one that is right. what it is. Well, you know? like the only, I'll, I'll, I'll add this caveat it's the only one I know about right now because if there is another one, I would be reading it. But spy fi precedes us in this. I can't take credit for that. But okay. I mean, it, it very much sums up what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the way that, like, you know, a Nick Fury agent of Shield, or the aforementioned Man from Uncle, or even sometimes James Bond. It's like yeah, you know, if you villain- Wikipedia it, it, that's what comes up in in the Wikipedia is like James Bond, Mission Impossible, Austin Powers, Man from Uncle, Get Smart. But I still, none, nothing like what we're doing. No, these are nothing like what we're doing. Yeah. And there's only oh. film and TV, no comics. Well, okay. I mean, Nick Fury, agent of Shield. Jeez, you know. you're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. The, I can't take credit for this. Once again, I can't take credit for something I didn't come up with. Spy Fi has been around. We're the newest Spy Fi action comic. Though. If you've never heard it, it's new to you. Whatever. But I mean, to me, this is that's what's kind of funny about this. It's like I've talked for like it feels like twenty minutes now. But like this comic is designed to just like shut up and read it. I mean, it's right. like you. It, it doesn't. You're not going to need to have a, a, a any sort of a an associate's degree and anything to just be able to pick this comic up and be like, cool. Right. Characters fighting, you know, they say cool stuff, funny quips, demons from hell. Yeah. I mean, it's like werewolves in one story. It's like, you know, it's, it's all over the place. So what was the, what was the, what's the storyline that you did with uh, that, that Ben, uh, Ben put together for you? I'm going to pass it over to Ben for this. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, thank you, Rocco. I'll gladly take it. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't really want to give too much of the story away, but basically it's um, Donna is asked to go on a mission to one of her old hometowns. And, uh, huh? you got to say who Donna is. Donna. Donna? Donna. Donna is. I, I combined it together. She's a secret <laughs> nope. agent. Nobody said anything about Donna yet. Adonis. <laughs> oh, uh, Donna. Donna Prentice. Okay. Yeah, she's gotta, the main character. Donna Prentice. Yeah, she's the main character. Explain who Donna is, because nobody knows yet. Okay, here we go. There's there Donna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's uh, one of the agents of Ghost Agents. There you go. She's a very tall Greek lady, kicks ass, and she works for the Ghost Agents. One of the agents of Ghost. Um, but yeah, her mission is to go back in the try to find out about this uh, special substance, and she uh, recruits the help of one of her friends to do so, and it ends awesomely. Uh, with awesome. Which is a short, like, I don't really want to give too much away. I really want people to pick up the book and read it, because it's, it's a guess. Right. Yeah. It's a do good you, way to put it. Yeah. Do you have, uh, so, so, so with that, so your story is about, a, are we each one of these stories about uh, Donna Prentice? Donna happens to be in the first and the last story. Now, there's a number of other scripts that are out there right now for this. That there was several that were going to be on the table for the possible first issue. Uh, The initial idea was that the first issue would be like 50 pages. And then due to life problems and constraints, uh, some people weren't able to finish their stuff in, in, in time. And... Uh, one of the things that I learned from the Image Grand Design Project is that it's nice to be able to have a bunch of stories that stand on their own mm-hmm. so that you can say, well, we'll save that for next time when we're going to press anyway. Right. Um, and it can kind of, you, you still kind of follow kind of like a meta plot, though, throughout, the, throughout your, your, your planned series? If this is successful in the way that I want it to be, you'll be able to read any story individually and get a kick. But if you read them all, I think there'll be a larger tapestry. You'll see certain characters again. You'll see certain subplots reemerge. It jumps around in time. This one, all the stories are set in the 60s. That won't always be the case going forward. Okay. So my idea is that this will be sort of like, if you're familiar with the concept of flash fiction, you know about flash fiction where it's like a whole story, but it's like literally three paragraphs. It's like yeah. everything you need is, is, is in that. Um, 
I want it to sort of be like a greater narrative that's made up of several of those. You know, like like how you could read like a comic strip, like one of the old like adventure comic strips, like uh, Phil Corrigan, Agent X9. And, you know, I mean, even if you weren't somebody who read it every day on the train or like a kid who cut them out and collected them in a notebook, you would hopefully be able to read it and be like, oh, that was cool that he said that to that woman or, you know, whatever. So that's yeah. sort of the idea we're going for. And along that line, I don't think these guys have even read each other's stories. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't mm. think they have. Wow, that's no, I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah. So, so let me so let me ask you that. So for for to sit for Sam, uh, Sam, you did the you did the cover, correct? Yeah, the cover okay. and the logo. Okay. And so, what did you? So you know, one of the things we have a lot of artists that listen to it, a lot of writers listen to the listen to this and watch the podcast. Um, always looking for some ideas on how to do. It. So, I my my question to you is. Um, what uh, what do you use as a meme? Are you a pencil and ink uh, kind of person? Are you all digital? Uh, how do you how did you make the cover? I might be the worst person to ask this question to. <laughs> no, it's awesome. His so here's the uh, the initial sketch of the cover. It is four pieces of paper taped together on the back uh, <laughs> because, like, I started drawing and didn't leave enough room for the front wheel. And uh, there's colored pencil on here. There's uh, sharpie. There's white paint, there's white out, there's marker, there's watercolor, there's crayon. My hand was all like a, a mix of white and black. There's all ink and white paint on here because I'm left-handed uh, by the time that was done. And I think, <laughs> I, I don't know for sure because I only sent Rocco this the text so I didn't get to see his reaction. But I imagine it was something like, does he, did he forget how to draw or, <laughs> you know, because like I sent him a photo of this sketch before it looked all, pretty uh and yeah Rocco uh what was your thoughts on that I know you well enough to know your process <laughs> but, so I didn't I had total and I also know that you're something of a perfectionist oh, so I was not I wasn't scared um yeah, that was step one and then uh, I photographed it and then brought it into photoshop and got on the the tablet and uh painted over top it and changed it a lot uh, really moved some things around Okay. Um, and uh, it's really key to have a uh, good reference on hand. Uh, I went for a walk and just happened to come across two motorcycles, snapped pictures and sent those to Rocco. He thought both looked cool. Uh, and then um, Donna Prentice is somewhat inspired by uh, a character that uh, people may be familiar with. It rhymes with uh, Schmunder Schmumman. Uh, <laughs> and so I always thought that... Uh, like Xena Warrior Princess 1990s Lucy Wallace would have made a great uh, live action Wonder Woman. Uh, and so that's where wow. the, the hairstyle came from. I never knew that. Yeah, I can see I think that. I ever said that out loud. <laughs> I spent a lot of time Googling Lucy Wallace, is what I'm saying. Uh, but it was research. <laughs> Purely research. <laughs> and you designed a font as well? Yeah, so the lettering, uh, that was something that Rocco and I talked a lot about. Uh, he and I are both big admirers of 1960s graphic design, and Saul Bass did uh, the movie poster for Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. He also did the opening credits for Psycho, and he uh, did the Bell South logo. And uh, the Vertigo poster and the Bell South logo were the two primary inspirations for the logo. The, the hand-cut lettering style comes straight out, out of the Vertigo poster, and the circular elements like the skull and the globe come from the modular Bell South logo that he designed. Okay. All right. And was all of that, was that, did you draw that out first or did, was that all digital? I think I might've sketched the lettering uh, at first, but ultimately it's all digital. It's a clean vector image done in uh, Illustrator now. So is this an actual font now? Do you, can people actually download this font? No, uh, it's not a font because uh, it's, it's just custom lettering. So like okay. you'll see like there's two T's and two S's on there, but they're different. Right. Uh, it's just custom lettering. Even though it was done digitally, I wanted it to have the, the feel of uh, something done by hand, something of the era uh, where that illustrative uh, lettering style was pretty popular in the 60s. And so we wanted it to have that feel. Uh, and this was something like the aesthetic for this really just uh, grew very organically out of uh, my conversations with Rocco, where it's uh, it's hard to tell where uh, the ideas came from. We don't know 
if it's mine or his, is when we talked and this logo fell out of it in the end. And uh, really happy with the results. Okay. I can definitely hear the first notes of a jazz theme playing when I would read that font. You know? <laughs> yeah. boom, 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 yeah. 100% a Lalo Schifrin soundtrack. I mean, I basically, <laughs> I don't want this to get misconstrued because politically I'm basically a hippie, but I sort of live in the 60s. I sort of live in the early 60s. <laughs> like it's it's something that I, I live and breathe and think about a lot of the entertainment of that time, the culture of that time. I have a complete collection of uh, the Playboy magazines from 60 through uh, 71 or two. That's and, also research. Yeah. Well, I, I, mo I mainly have them for the articles, believe it or not. I mean, if you, you actually They're classy look, back then. Yeah, the 60s. Is, yeah, those are, those are the look at a playbook from that time. It's like Shel Silverstein, uh, the mm -hmm. only long-form interview that anybody ever had with Martin Luther King. Uh, Fahrenheit 451 was first serialized in Playboy. And back then, it was like maybe four or five yeah. pictures of naked women. And the rest right. of it, it was basically a literary magazine but like hey, things well, like that that i spend yeah. a lot of time with and a lot of time thinking about so you know it, it's all sort of i'm a big believer that some of the best stuff that can ever get made in any sort of art form is the result of collaboration uh, even though it can sometimes be painful and a lot of that just has to do with a person coming from one point of view colliding with the person's another person's other point of view and where they're coming from. Mm. Uh, but in the, in the case of Sam, it's like we, we both just happen to sort of like be into that, that 60s. Uh, it, I mean, it's a new design. I've never seen anything quite like it before, but it really does nail that, that Saul Bass look. You know? And not being a font is really helpful you know, too, because it, it makes it stand out. It's not like someone can be like, oh, I know that's like the Eastwood font or whatever, and I can just go out and make it or whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. it's it's singular like that. The S's are different, you know, like that's something my, minuscule that maybe only someone who's messing with fonts a lot would notice, but like it, it's clearly our logo. It's clearly the right. Ghost Agents logo. You know? Yeah. No, I'm thinking about getting that skull tattooed on my arm. Like it's like I, you know, this is. It's a great logo, man. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like, this is one of those things, and it's funny because right now, like, a lot of people in my family and stuff are like, well, who knows where this could lead? And in a very real way, this is kind of the destination. Like, right. we've made something here that I'm very proud of. Definitely. And as a result of it, we get to continue to play in this sandbox. And right. I'm thrilled, you know? I mean, it's it's. I'll be very happy for anybody to read this book. And it could be easily developed into TV and film. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, there's not a great female spy, uh, you know, that could continue over and over and over in the in the theme of James Bond in the realm yeah. of James Bond. You know, after that last Bond movie, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I think that was a backdoor pilot for exactly that. So mm -hmm. when I saw that movie, it was kind of like, oh wow, I did not see. We it. were very timely in that case. Yeah. Uh, anything Ghost Agents, I want to write it. That's the deal. I'm not going to hand it off to anybody. Um, another thing that people say to me is like, and this is like ridiculous. I'm not saying that I think this is even feasible, but it's like people will say to me, like, maybe we'll get a job at Marvel or DC. It's like, I would hate to do that. I'd rather go work at the, 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 uh, the, 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 the local butcher, uh, the, the, the place where they make the, uh, the hot dogs here in town and kill pigs all day than do that. I mean, I, Come on, if they were gonna, if they're saying we're relaunching Agents of Shield, we've got a '60s style artist. Would you write it? You would do. It. Uh, man, I really don't think so, man. Because really? I know what would happen. I know, I know where that leads. Uh, yeah. All that is, that's just the, the meat they put on the bear trap. Yeah, you know? they, yeah. they, they, they you'd, you'd create really awesome characters, and you wouldn't get to own them. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. a big old red bear, and I yeah. don't want to stick my face in that trap. You know? um, so I'd rather do this forever. Yeah. So, so let me ask. So, uh, so for for Barry's story, how what was um, what was Barry Barry? What was that? You're the story that you wrote. What was the, kind of the summary of that one? Yeah. yeah he's so got the, the story that I, I drew uh, based on Rocco's script, uh, I would describe it as kind of uh, yeah, yeah. I would describe it as kind of um, Jim Steranko's Agent of Shield meets uh, uh, Deep Coast Doctor Strange. So it's kind of a Valentine or a love letter to the '60s era of uh, Marvel. Um, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a retro tale. Um, pretty trippy. There, are, you know, a couple of very uh, trippy interdimensional sequences. 
so it was, uh, you know, it was a pretty fun story to to really kind of uh, conceptualize and draw. Hmm. That that's super interesting. That none of you, the, you the fellow artists, you've never seen the other person's stories. That is, yeah, we've never yeah, really come up. It's it's one of those deals where it was sort of like, it just didn't seem necessary. You know, I mean, we didn't we didn't really even talk and interact all that much over the course of the last like four or five months. Like we have a little bit, but it was like mainly just sort of one-on-one, -on -one, like, what if we move this to this panel? And in most cases, I'm like, sure, you know, how about it? Uh, Barry that was a bit of a show hog, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I knew the story that sort of had the most moving parts, honestly. I mean, that was part of the deal. And it was like, there's, there's always with these, there's like... 80% of it, I'm just kind of like, let me see what you got. Let me see what you think. What, what can you come up with? And there's certain things where it's like, no, I really need this character to be like this. Like, this is important to me, and we need to, to hit this note or whatever. And you just happen to have a very emotional story, Ben. The, the story that you've got has, um, uh, it's, it's really the only one where it's like, I think readers might say it's not fun it's 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 actually sort of moving in the end um so that's part of what that was the story that barry did is the only one that's like a true throwback okay. like it was written as if a, a like a comic from 1968 would have been and the other guys have stories that are set in the 60s but they're not written like a 60s comic necessarily so oh cool Oh, so so Ben, what's your, uh, describe your your process? How are you a digital person, pen and paper? Uh, yeah, well, it depends uh, on the mood and how fast I want to get something done. I really like to take the analog approach anytime I can. The closer that I can have it looking like my hand, the better. Mm. Um, but on this project, I uh, kind of facsimile that approach a little bit. I did all my pencils uh, traditionally, but then I just inked them uh, digitally. It saved a lot of time. And then if I had to change anything real fast, um, it was a lot easier because, you know, Rocco has taken point on this. It was his story. I wanted to do it justice. And I felt that if I had taken all the time to ink something traditionally and he wanted something changed, because um, there's always some very variances between the pencil stage. You know, I find different things I want to try to tackle. Some things might morph in the inking stage. Um, and that might not be something that's approved or not. So if I need to change it, uh, it gave me a little bit more flexibility to go ahead and just make that quick edit because uh that was a story that we were really uh it wasn't hard or a slog we wanted to find the right tone we wanted to find the right approach on how to tell the story in a manageable way so readers weren't confused um because it takes some time jumps you know there's jumps to the past there's jumps to the current time jumps to maybe uh possible futures imagined futures so we wanted to make sure that everyone knew where they were every step of the way uh every panel uh, and so okay. that took a little bit of uh, going back and forth and, hey, let's kind of tighten this up. I need to make sure this beat is it's important. Let's stick to Let's get, make sure people understand that. Um, and that's a joy. That's one of my favorite things about collaboration is just two minds kind of getting into this soup and becoming a nice goulash, you know, <laughs> and uh, just something really tasty. Make a good goulash, baby. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Who did that? Who was that? <laughs> All right, and so um, uh, Barry, we have uh, we have a viewer who asked you a really important question here. He says, "What T-shirt does Barry Tan wear now?" So, what what are you? I guess someone was curious about your T-shirt. <laughs> Barry's connection. Yeah, well, Barry is. It's, it's just in a, Singapore uh, I think a random T-shirt I, I bought in Thailand. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Can, Looks can like somebody have... recognized it. So, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. The the my my internet is is a bit um you know on the, on the bus. Yeah, right. there he is literally. Yeah, in but Singapore. this was uh, a generic, I think, a t shirt. Yeah, I just got from one of the stores in time. Okay. Even the generic shirts Sorry? in Singapore look awesome as hell. So, so Barry, explain to us about your uh, kind of like your approach. Are you a digital person? Are you uh, pen and paper? How, how did, did you uh, create the, the, the frames for the comic? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I work pretty much traditionally, so pen and ink. Um, so, you know, I, I drew everything on the story traditionally, but um, 
what I did was um, I did all the touch-ups and uh, post-production work digitally. So, you know, okay. if there were any changes and all that, I would do that digitally. But uh, mainly, yeah, it's all traditional. Even that pin-up that Eli is showing, so all of that is traditional. You know, I lay the really? tones traditionally. Uh, um, oh, wow. Pen and ink. I started really getting into digital stuff probably maybe ago. Yeah, so mainly still traditional. Okay. And, and so how, so I guess from, from the, from the project perspective, Eli, or maybe this is a Rocco question is um, how did, do you organize? How much time did you give to say, we have a timeline for here? How often did you all meet or did you communicate to um, how did that, how did that process work? Um, I kind of just swoop in at the end and, and uh, make it all, make it all work rock we had we had like a facebook chat that everyone was in and we kind of just get to know and just chat in there kind of continually since it all started which must have been six months to a year ago i mean it was probably a while when we really opened that chat i want to not quite six months or yeah i want to say it was like four or five months and my thing was the hard the deadlines are hard Hmm. the deadline for issue two is the end of this year the deadline for issue three is march and the way that I have this set up is if this this train don't stop, but don't run to catch it because there'll always be another, right? Yeah. So like when we did Image Grand Design, it was a situation where the book got held up for a while because things weren't finished. And it's like, I don't want to be mad at somebody or, or disrespect anybody because they're not done because people's lives are different, you know? Right. Um, but I wanted this to be set up in such a way where it's like, Deadline is deadline. In the in the world that I work in, I, I work for a local monthly magazine. Deadlines are imperial. And, you know, this is my job I'm talking about. So it's different. But it's like, if I don't hit a deadline, it is literally death. You're done in this business. Like, you had a job to do. Our client is pissed. We're done because you didn't make it. Yeah. yeah. In the name of God, that was Ben, wasn't it? That was <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. No, stupid call me. The deadlines are the deadlines. It's you, yeah, yeah. you, you get it done by then. And if 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 we didn't have thirty pages, we would have waited. But we had 30, 33, 34 pages. So it's like, okay, we're going. This is yeah. it. We're going. Yeah. And I think it's pretty fun hanging out with Rocco, doing the same thing we did with Image Grand Design, which was once we have everything in and once we get all the pages in and we know which which where we want to put them, you know, we'll zoom up and have a cocktail and kind of hang out and um, just open up the InDesign document and lay everything out and kind of see where everything goes, make sure the flow's right, maybe move this story here, this story there, decide on the, the cover, the background, and then... You know, we've got we've got a page lock and, and you know, unlike many Kickstarters, the book's done and it's ready to go. So as soon as the Kickstarter is done, I mean, I might even start the printing early just so that it's it's even quicker changeover since we're fully funded now. Not that I have the money now, but like <laughs> but um, I mean, I mean, it's just it's just it's always fun work with Rocco. And as someone as seemingly the only person other than Rocco who's read the book. It's amazing, and, and like I'm excited to get it out to to, to to for everyone to see. So that's gonna be amazing. Yeah. So yeah. so you brought that up. Like so, question for you as the the product the one producing this is what uh, concerns about because everybody's talking about like yeah issues of printing and and shipping and uh, what would be some advice for what would be some advice for you that you would give for folks who are looking to do a Kickstarter having to allocate some time and resources to to shipping delays um do you, do you mean as far as shipping delays like the paper shortage and all yeah. that stuff happening yeah um i don't know man i mean i'm working with i work with comics wellspring the last couple times you might want to ask ben about this too he just he just had a fully funded kickstarter go and he's dealing with stuff but um uh i mean i haven't seen an issue with comics wellspring yet i haven't seen them be in in impacted by the paper so as far as the shortage and the shipping delays, I haven't seen much. I would say you, you got to use stamps.com or, or one of these things where you can print all the ship, the shipping at home. Because yeah. if you got to pack all this junk and then go, I don't mean junk, you know, I <laughs> say the S word, but I'm trying to keep it. 
Um, <laughs> you, you pack all this stuff and then, you know, you got to go to the post office and you're waiting in line, you know, that's like insane. So like, you know, what I did, you know, what I did with image grand design, you just kind of, you just get everything set up. You get all your boxes, all your labels, everything set. And then you just blam, 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 blam. You go, you drink some, you drink enough so that in the morning you didn't remember you did all the work and then you're done. No, I'm just kidding. That's not good. But I did do that. But again, like, like, but it's like, you know, you can, it's just having everything set and ready to go, you know, and, and, and not having to, to do one thing and wait. And I know this is what messed with Ben a little bit. You needed more, more labels, but it's like, if you can just get yourself, as they said, we're, we got some Vermont people here. I, I worked at Nectar's. My manager there would always be like, set yourself up for success. Yeah. So it's like, that's the thing, man. Like just getting it ready, having everything ready and being able to just blam, blam, blam. Like, you know, pack it, stickers, thank you note, like tape it and then weigh it and go. Or yeah. even have the one package on the thing and you can just weigh them, weigh them, weigh them, weigh, them, weigh a million and then pack a million and then you're done. Yeah. And another UI is excellent at all of it. My design I, I, was the harder version of everything we're doing here. Basically. It was so <laughs> thick. I mean, it's such a big I mean, was, I'll, I'll show you. Was, yeah, I mean, in that case, there was literally a truck came and dumped off. I mean, we're just dealing for ghost agents with a mini comic, and this is like, not a mini comic, but it's just but a normal size comic. This is 350-page graphic novel trade. Wow. Now, so. 500 of those. So Yeah, wow. that I did almost. And I mean, another thing that you used to be able to do now, I'm not sure if you can, is set up a pickup from USPS. Like you can go on their website and set up a pickup. So then you can just be like, oh, I have 500 parcels to pick up in the morning. And then they'll come with like a truck. And then you put all that junk on there. And, you, and it's just like done and done. Right. So there's like. Never have to little, leave your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all the podcasts say, you know, like never leave your, never go to the post office again, you know. And we're planning yeah. to ship all these in the new year. So it won't be during the holiday season that these will be getting oh, potentially lost. Yeah. Hey, I'm willing to do them. I, I'm I'm Jewish, so I don't really celebrate Christmas too much. <laughs> I know, but the rest of the country does. So that's yeah. true. That's true. That's what I'm. That's oh, what oh I'm, and, you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we were talking about this to avoid the holiday shipping. Yeah. 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 We'll hopefully we'll be all buttoned Smart. up and ready to ship out by the end of this this year. So. Yeah. So basically, a lot of the things that we're doing here are things that just you know in the marketing job that I have and. And just the world around me, there's things that I see sometimes that people in all sorts of businesses make mistakes when it comes to the promotion, the distribution, fulfillment of various things that I just wanted to avoid in this and just see if my theories are correct. So before we jump in and kind of like uh, scan, look through the, the tier levels, I wanted to ask uh, – Sam and Ben and Barry, just you know, questions like is uh, the it's 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 interesting. It's like the the world of independent comics, independent creators, is immense, but also really small at the same time. So, how at, at what point do you? How difficult is it for you to kind of find new projects to to work on? Uh, I'll ask uh, Sam. How do you? What's how um, is it? The problem wasn't finding new projects. The problem was finding time to do them. I've had to turn <laughs> down a lot of things, and I have my own things I want to focus more time on, and uh, this is really tough. I, I work full-time at a day job, which I'm assuming a lot of other independent creators do as well, and uh, that's really the biggest issue. Time is just the, the most valuable uh, commodity we have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ben? How do you find projects? Uh, well, you, uh, most likely through the uh, kayfabe community, the Ringside Seeds groups, they're always getting new fan projects going. Um, we've got like a, a, a Batman Year One parody we're working on right now. We've got a, we got a bunch of stuff. I, I'm all over those projects, uh, almost just because they're so fun. Right. Uh, and it's just a way that I know I've lived a long career here, uh, being unseen in the comics community in general. I've been doing it for like almost 30 years, uh, and this is the first kind of like exposure kind of I've been getting. Um, so that's the draw is I know that people actually look at my work and see it. And that's the joy I can take out of it. Um, but like what, uh, you know, Sam said, it's funny. The time is the hardest part. There's not enough hours in the day. Um, you know, for, as far as the Kickstarter thing, hire an assistant to, to pack those, uh, have those for you. If you want to keep drawing comics, cause it's really, it's really hard to fit in both. So time management's a huge, huge thing. And for any cartoonist, I'm sure anyone out there that wants a cartoon or is cartooning, 
uh, does comic book art, they understand the time management struggle. Um, so it's not lost on anyone, but that's the biggest. Yeah, I have to echo what Sam says. Eloquent uh, time is basically our greatest commodity that we have. Right. And and what about you, Barry? How do you how are you able to identify and work on projects? Yeah, I would say probably mainly through the Catalonia's case site, Green Site Seeds Group uh, as well. You know, so usually I just do my personal projects, or there's a lot of interesting ongoing projects going through the you know the cartoonist k uh bring site seats so those will be my two two main sources but i'm also mindful because i have a full-time job which is pretty full on so you know i also don't want to commit to too many projects at one go so i kind of um, have to really decide between you know a lot of great projects um that that, that they're asking submissions for so um yeah you know ultimately it's it's mainly about um what i feel comfortable committing to because I don't want to miss, you know, any deadlines or anything like that. Barry is sort of the secret weapon here. <laughs> he is, his work is amazing. I don't think many people have seen it in America. Um, he works in different styles. He works in a lot of different types of styles. The one that he happens to be using uh, for this book is, I mean, just so in tune with sort of my own sensibilities. Um, and so some of the, the most um, rewarding parts of this is to be able to introduce Barry's work to hopefully a greater audience because it's this guy. I mean, these guys are all serious business, tremendous creators. Uh, but Barry's like talent level versus established recognition are far out of whack. And I'm okay. hoping that this... Well, well speaking you. of Barry's work, Ben's work, Image Grand Design, they both worked on a book called Darkest Image, which is kind of the spiritual sequel to Image Grand Design. Uh, and that that's a, there's a $5 PDF you can get of that on imagegranddesign.com. All okay. proceeds go to help. I think it's Here's the initiative. Legal Defense Fund. Oh, Here's okay. initiative. I can't remember which one they're doing. One of those two. It's a charity. Yeah. It's a good cause. Yeah, it's a it's a five dollar and and Barry did three different stories all in different like styles. Right, exactly. Uh, three that's different stories. No, that's it. No, that's not him though. Yeah, that's not his cover. <laughs> but um, that's where you can get it on on there. Uh, Darkest image is featured there. Okay. Uh, you can get you can get Image Grand Design and uh, Image Grand Disaster, the two okay. books that made up the that book too. There in PDF format, all okay. five bucks and all proceeds go. Yeah, this that's by Nathan Grixty. That's by Rick Lopez. These are all. That's by Kurt uh, Craig CK Kurt, and uh, that's by Christian Mizimo, uh, who also just finished a killer Kickstarter, and that's Michael Kemp. Okay, uh, we we used the image uh, art that's Ben Granoff. We we kind of played in the sandbox of image uh, in order to create this uh, you know greatest fan comic of all time, and it was officially uh, approved by Rob Liefeld. Oh, cool. And by approved, I just mean he said it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> he unfortunately doesn't own it. Was the one guy who like couldn't yeah. sue us if he wanted to. Was yeah. But Larson <laughs> liked it too. Eric Larson also liked it. Larson liked it. Yep. You're right. For me, he just said, for a lot of yeah, I think this this project, Image Grand Design, was like it was like boot camp, right? Mm. Like yeah. going forward, like everything will be a little bit less hard. It'll, it'll be a little bit more in the wheelhouse of the things that I think we actually want to do and are best at. Um, and a lot well, it of was like, it was like Avengers boot camp because we were all like heroes separately, you know, and, and had our stuff. But, but once it came together, we're, I feel like we're able to, we made something amazing and then we were able to go back like into our cities and be better heroes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so let's 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 go through the your the your your tears here. Um, okay, about, well, and, let me think about something sad. My cat dying, my grandmother. <laughs> so for, first of all, I'm kind of curious, Eli, for for your sake. This is you know right here. One of the things that I know a lot of people who are looking to back a Kickstarter always look at is how many Kickstarters did this person back. So. As it, it kind of shows that you know you that you know the person that created Kickstarter understands Kickstarter and is it so I think that's that's healthy that you had sixty eight but I think the question is is um, that what how did you create how did you all create the 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 buzz 
to be able to hit your pledge goal so quickly. Yeah. Rocco, what do you think? Well, so something that I see people do a lot, and I think it's the results of the sort of the mentality that comes from the way that movie trailers work, mm. where you see a trailer for a movie and it says coming in three months and you're like, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. It gets you excited in advance, but there's only one place you can see that movie. Now, you know, you can also see it streaming, but it's a movie, you know what it is. I have this big belief that if you start to promote an item or a product or a service that does not yet exist, you're basically making a mistake because you're conditioning the person to see it, to say, oh, that looks interesting. It's going to come out eventually. Oh, well, I'm going to go on about my business. And then within the next 20 minutes, a thousand other things like it bounce off their head, right? Yeah. So in this case, I didn't want anybody in the outside world to hear the words ghost agents, to know that it was a thing that all these guys were working on. I just wanted it to come out of nowhere and uh, just be targeted to people who uh, are enthusiasts of these guys' work, maybe of my work too, <laughs> we'll say, my friends and family, people that I know just from my day-to-day -day life people that these guys know in their day-to-day -day life and just have it be like, here it is. Do you think it looks cool? Yeah. It's $20. Yeah. Boom. It's ready. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. And you know, no hemming and hawing. Cause how many times do you hear about something that never even happens? You know, I wasn't convinced this was going to happen until we launched the kicks. Like it's just sort of like yeah. the, the main piece of advice that I would give anybody. Well, the first piece of advice is get dope guys to do dope work. <laughs> that's what really sells it i mean if the book was garbage it, it and it was clearly garbage then people wouldn't be interested but it's like we have something great the moment you hear about it you can jump in it and invest and then we just very aggressively uh have been posting about it i've got we've got different uh aspects of it that sort of unfold you know like oh and here's this part and here's this part and you know at this part at this point in time, most people haven't even seen much of the inside of the book, which is cool because we get to sort of like cherry pick panels and stuff that we'll be able to show going forward. So right. I would say then, it's like, uh, you know, Coke doesn't say when you see a com commercial for Coca-Cola, it's not like, you know what? Coke tastes great with uh, burgers and uh, you get Chinese food. For some reason, even though Chinese food's been around for thousands of years, Coke tastes great with it. They just say Coke is it. You fill in the rest of it with your imagination. Right. So, right. And I thought another something that was important with it, because like uh, you want you want a Kickstarter to like to grab your attention and not just be like another Kickstarter in, in the field of Kickstarters. And I, I was determined to like find our voice. And we talked about finding the voice. And when I was creating the tiers, I wanted I, I wanted this world of like the spy fi to like, you know, to fill you in. So I wanted each level to be like an agent level. And I wanted mm. the tears written in a way that was like, you know, agent, I'm, this is agent, this is, you know, chief calling agent 66. This is your task. You know, like I wanted each one to kind of feel like that. I wanted the names to feel like that. Me and Rocco right. um, knocked them back and forth. And then when we do the, all the updates, we wanted them to feel like, you know, uh, this is ghost agent. Stop. Come in next ghost agent. Stop. Uh, yeah. it, it has happened oh, now. Goodness. Stop. You know, so we wanted it to all feel like like every part of the Kickstarter is bringing you into this world in, in this like training camp, and you're like a cadet, and you're like learning or whatever. And then you know you get the book, and and hopefully like something else within the book, you know, within the package that I just thought of now. This is a great idea. Don't everyone take it, but like we can, you know, you know we'll have like the thank you note is also like your degree. You are now you know, uh, right. Ensign of the ghost agents or something like that. You know, we'll talk about it, but it's like the whole, every piece of it brings you into this world a little bit more until you get that comic. And then you're like, Oh dang. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Create, you got to create the experience, right? That's not just exactly. the book. It's the getting of the book. It's the anticipation. It's like getting mm -hmm. geared up and excited for it. I'd say another tip is to have your shit done up oh, your poop, have your poop done <laughs> before you kickstart. Sorry. <laughs> from one from one or do another, you know what it's like. It's really hard. I, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, you got to have the product. I would have the product before you run the Kickstarter. That That's my biggest uh, yeah. Uh, note. Yeah, it's really important. I think it goes a lot easier and people don't have to wait six months for yeah. something. So Waiting on it too long. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So right here, I mean, you, you can get like the digital copy and the original scripts. That's that's something I've starting to see lately, people putting in the scripts. Well, and that's important to me because the contrast and compare is important. Right. Um, you'll be able to, I mean, one of the things that I have that is always in my head is the possibility that people will be like, what's he even doing? You know, he's like the Stan Lee of this thing. These guys drew the comic for him. He didn't do anything. I want people to be able to see those scripts and see both just exactly what I did and how much of it was, was my ideas. And then also how much was the artists bringing their own take to it and, and right. be able to look at both and say like, well, if somebody else had drawn this, it may have looked totally different, or maybe it would not have. It's it'll be up to the uh, the reader to to think about that. But that right. was very important to me because that shows my work. Right, and then you have the ten the ten dollar, which is the thirty four page comic plus the digital copy plus the original scripts. That's cool. And um, I mean, you know, this is all that sort of like Kickstarter thing where it's like right. you have to you have to put it in a very flowery way. But I mean, you get the book, you get the digital stuff. Right. Yeah, thirty poor, thirty-four page full color comic. Right. Yes, yeah. So Unlike other comics, which who knows, they might not be thirty-four pages. Right, they, or they full might color. Not have color. Ours does. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't or know just... about your TV, but mine's in color. <laughs> <laughs> and so you also threw in, you guys also threw in some uh, thing like a sticker packet. That would be this right here, I believe. Sticker page, right? yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's the the preliminary. We actually are about to in the next couple of days, show the finished version of that, which is okay. Really, um, okay. a little bit better than that. But the, the idea for that is, is like, um, if you look at like Foom or the Mary Marvel Marching Society back in the 60s, yep. there was a very particular sticker sheet that you maybe are familiar with. This was an exciting day for me and Eli when we looked at the place that we're going to be getting these stickers and saw that they do, in fact, offer sheets because I wanted yes. it to look very much like this. Awesome. Right. And it'll be like comic book size. So it'll fit right down in the bag and board with like the package that you get. Yeah. This is not a small thing. This is the size of a comic. Sorry. And you and you you also have things right here. One of uh, you know, I was talking to someone before who's talking about like it's just so much easier to ship things flat. So having flat things, because then you have on your your twenty dollar the key ghost asset level, you get all the previous stuff plus the plus a button. That sounds fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. very excited about those buttons. Yeah, and we'll be announcing in the not too distant future what exactly those buttons will look like. That was something. Okay. That, uh, and, and, when I worked on today. And you're gonna have a blacklight poster too. Well, let's be careful how we talk about this. It's a blacklight <laughs> style poster. Okay. Because actually, oh. like blacklight, it, it's sort of it, it requires a certain type of an ink or something, and it may be prohibitively expensive, unfortunately. Right. We'll We're still okay. researching. Yeah. We're still in the R&D department. Q is working on that, or the exactly. Q equivalent. <laughs> the the Q equivalent. Work, it'll look more or less like you said. Uh, you kill okay. me, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have, and which is interesting, like even your higher levels here, like your $100 level, um, you get an original uh, an original. Uh, a Chris Anderson page. Yeah, Chris uh, is a really generous person. I can't really say that enough. Uh, I wish he was here, but he's he's a uh, he's a busy guy. He's um, a more professional. I mean, he's the most professional as far as publishing goes of any of us. He's in heavy metal, and he's been published. Uh, he's pitched Wu Tang cartoons and stuff like that. So you know, he's fairly. And Chris very early on in Image Grand Design was like, you know, he he said to me like, whatever you need. Right. And, you know, to have somebody of his stature, I mean, he's a great artist. I'm not going to say that he's better than anybody here because everybody here really no, is. No, but I mean, pretty much physically, great. his stature is short. He, but. He's physically a short guy. But his, his, uh, his standing in the business is right. pretty good, yeah. and he's nothing but generous and <laughs> honest and very considerate. So he's been very helpful in this as well. And he's and, had past success with kickstarter as well so okay so what's that so uh, eli talk to us about the ghost god the five thousand dollars yes <laughs> i mean as far as as setting a tone for your kickstarter you and as and i this is just something in my career and in everything i do i try to shoot for the stars you try to you try to aim high and just you know like 
with my podcast back in the day, you just write letters to the biggest creators you can think of. And sometimes they come on, you know, like mm. I had 12 people listen to my podcast, but I still somehow fooled Kevin Eastman to like be on it, you know, yeah. like not fooled, but <laughs> convinced him anyway. Like, you know, you, you just, you just want to put it out there. You never know who's going to find your thing. You're never know going to know who it's going to hit. And, and you just want to offer that just to, just to, to make it a huge thing. You know, we had, we had someone do the $1,000 tier, which we didn't think it's going to go. We don't have to say who it is, but um, someone did the $1,000 tier. It was my dad, but it's fine. It's Still, actually someone. Jim Lee. It was Jim Lee. Yeah. Well, yeah. But by Jim Lee, we mean Doug Schwab. <laughs> but anyway, still, it's like the, the, the big, you know, the, you, you just aim for the stars because you never know what's going to happen. Man. So right. it's just like we had to, we had to put it on there and, and it's all in there. Right. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, so dinner and drinks with the, or, uh, you know, cocktails with the creative team. You win the original a, art that you see there. That, that, right. Chris that original art. Yeah. yeah. And a cosmic line collector's pack as well. Yeah, it's right priceless. Yeah. Could be anything. And by priceless, I mean worthless. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, so we're we're at the hour mark already. This was a this was a this was a fast hour. Uh, so, talk to us. So, uh, where can people find your find find your work, folks? Uh, Sam, where can people find your artwork? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Sam J Royale. S A M J R O Y A L E. And uh, oh, I have an Etsy store. I'm gonna have to look up because I always uh, forget it. A second here. Just Google Dishoom. That's, <laughs> That's right. I have a comic called Dishoom. D i s h o o m. It's awesome. And, uh, Very cool. It's yeah. a one man anthology. Sam, I don't know why you're not pimping yourself here, but it's insane. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's a good one. And and what about you, Barry? Where can uh, people find your artwork? You can find me on Instagram at um, Barry underscore Tan. Okay, all yeah. right, good. Um, and uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Perkins, Dr. Perkins, Ben, where can people? <laughs> uh, well, on Instagram, I'm at Braddy Ben two T's one Y. Um, I'm on Gumroad at uh, Ben Perkins nineteen seventy six. I have a Gumroad yeah, downloadable PDFs for like five ten bucks there. Um, so yeah, uh, and then on Facebook, Ben Perkins artist. Okay, good. And uh, Rocco. I'm just doing this, man. Okay. Ghostagents.net. I'm planning on doing <laughs> as far as comics goes. I plan on doing Ghost Agents going forward All with right. these guys, with other people. It's a it's a wide open field, and this is what I want to do from now on. Awesome. Yeah. And and Eli, Cosmic Lion Productions. CosmicLionProductions.com. That's kind of the base where you can find everything. I publish some other works as well. There's a work by. Um, um, Steel Philippec called Arcane, which is a YA horror book. Uh, there's uh, Wizard, the comics magazine, which is uh, inspired by the Wizard magazine of old and the cartoonist Cafe Bringside Seat Society. Uh, issue two is rounding out at about 400 pages, proving oh, wow. to be a bit more of a beast than the last issue. So I'm working. I'm about 85% done that. Uh, I just published a zine called Love and Grendels, which is promotional zine for my comic about or my uh, podcast about Grendel, covered by Ben Perkins. Uh, See, that's a nice cover. Who did that? It like, is, right? <laughs> it's a little Love and Rockets homage featuring all the Grendels. Um, and you can just find all the other podcasts. I have a Grendel podcast. I have a comics and hip hop podcast. And then the old Cosmic Lion radio interview uh, podcast. Uh, all on CosmicLionProductions.com, at Cosmic Lion on Instagram. And just on Facebook, DM me your ideas. I'm and I'm open for publishing Jeez. more stuff. I'm interested in working with people. So. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can I can say that Eli is pretty trustworthy with his stuff. Yeah. He was the only person I thought of. I think I Sam and I need to ask Eli how to, how he finds all his time. Oh yeah, uh, it's hard, dude. <laughs> I, I'm I'm feel like I'm it's slipping in my fingers and Wizard my hairline's too. receding. <laughs> Wizard Tim also- joke, but I have asked Eli that many times. Like I've definitely DM'd him like, hey, how do you do all this? <laughs> Wizard 2 does have an unpublished Chris Anderson ghost agent story. I think that's what uh, I was yeah, say. Yeah. Yep. The, the the very first ghost agent story wow. was actually intended to come out in Wizard 2 before anybody saw it. <laughs> but it, we kept getting but pushed back. 400 pages and he's oh. not doing it the way that he's ghost agent. <laughs> the train doesn't leave until everybody is on this book. 
right for wizard yeah and it's yeah. mostly me that is holding it up <laughs> well in any case there in is a, a really great chris anderson Rocco jerome ghost agent story that's in that that i'm very excited for people to see yeah well cool well thank you very much everybody and come back on when you want to do when you're promoting uh ghost agents issue number two this is fantastic yeah man yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us thanks for having us as well yeah, thank you. Yeah, and Twitch. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of raids happen during one of my. If you guys, did you guys go on Twitch at all? Do you ever know what raids are? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yes. They're so yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> like Rocco's cool. confused face. Like if someone has, because like my girlfriend will watch these people that have like 30,000 people watching them, and they'll just be like, "All right, I'm done now." They'll just go find one with like 10, 15 people, and just yeah. dump mm-hmm. twenty thousand people into that <laughs> into that stream. Wow. Yeah, and my girlfriend streams like cries and, like, oh my God. <laughs> and they get like a thousand a couple thousand more followers it's crazy it can change people's lives man.